Hey there, you're welcome to Founders Connect, a show where I have conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and operators in Africa. This is the right show for you to be listening to if you love behind the scenes stories about people, their careers, and not your businesses. My name is Pissy Timmy, and I'm very, very, very delighted to be your host. You can follow this conversation on social media, hashtag Founders Connect. You can watch the video of each episode on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect on YouTube to find the playlist. Also, please share this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, leave a rating, and you know, share it, hashtag Founders Connect. Enjoy the episode. Today, I'm having a conversation with Ayo Kindili, the founder and CEO of Kishi. Kishi is a Texas 21 company and it's a fintech company operating in London and Lagos. So let's get right into the video. Make sure you watch the video to the end. We're going to be learning about Ayo's journey so far and what he decided to build the company and you know the plans that he has for the future. I think it would be interesting. Believe me, stick with me. Let's do this. First of all, who is Ayo Kindili? Ayo. And tell me from like the background, like. Okay. So interestingly, I wasn't born Ayo Akindele. Oh, okay. Um, not was, Ayo, not Akindele, not Ayo well, Akindele. Ayo was there somewhere <laughs> on my birth certificate. Akindele actually wasn't there. But um, so born in, born the 13th of March 1983. So that makes me almost 39. I feel old. But um, yeah, so I was born Moxen. Ayodeji Najimuddin. So I was born into a very Islamic home. Right. Um, but hey, long story, a couple of decades later, became a Christian. Um, and that surname that I had, which was Najimuddin, very Islamic name, um, we then took our actual family name, which mm-hmm. is a Yoruba name, which is Akindele. So right. yeah, so what's on my birth certificate is very different from what's on my passport today. So yeah, um, so yeah, I am now Ayodeji Akinola Abiola Akindele. So yeah, still Ayo long, Akindele. Still long name. Still long name. <laughs> but a lot of people call me Nojim, actually. Okay. Still call me Nojim. A lot of people that I went to school with still call me Nojim. But yeah, so Ayo Akindele, Nojim, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I know that you're British. Um, did yeah. you grow up in London or in the UK or yeah, when so I was born in London, um, so born three three boys. I'm the middle child. Uh, we were each born in London and just shipped back to Nigeria. <laughs> you know how it was back then, college passports and Japan back <laughs> back home. Nigeria was where my parents were, okay. um, but. You know, my dad was a British citizen, but we lived in in Nigeria. So whenever each of us were about to be born, come to London, Haworth, head back. back. You know, I was born in 1983, which was the year that um, the UK government actually stopped giving you automatic citizenship because you're born in the UK. But thankfully, right. my dad was British, so yeah, that you know, I kind of qualified, so it worked in my favor. But I spent a lot the first 16 years of my life in Nigeria. Where um, Nigeria, Lagos? Oh, a bunch of places. So. Ijesha, Suruleri, um, and then from there lived in Cantonment in Ikeja. From there, LSDPC, Ebutemeta, which I spent, I think, the last 14 years, sorry, last four years, or oh, yeah, so the, the 16 in Nigeria. And so I feel Ebutemeta, like Yaba, that's the <laughs> LSDPC estate. Lots of people came out there, lots of grateful. So did you move back to London? Is oh, it London or the UK? So yeah, I moved to London when I was 16. For school? For school. Well, I left after SS2. 
Um, so I, I went to school, went to home science primary, then secondary was St. Gregory's for my first three years. Then I went to ISL. Then I spent just two years in ISL after SS2, moved to the UK. So I was about 16 then. Um, that was back in 1999. Okay, so um, what was schooling like there? In London or Lagos? In London. In London. Okay, so I went, I had to finish the GCSE. So I didn't do SSE obviously mm -hmm. in Nigeria. So I got to UK and um, it was quite interesting because like, wow, I felt really smart <laughs> in London. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's this, um, I mean, Nigeria has a, such a strong academic um, sort of, uh, what's the word, just curriculum. Squeeze it, Yes. Yeah. And um, I found out by the time I moved to the UK, even in that year, when I was in class, in my GCSE classes, I just felt like the most brilliant person in those classes because I think we were just a bit more advanced mm. for people in the UK in that year. <laughs> so, because after a while, I started tutoring my classmates. I was actually getting paid <laughs> to teach them math. So I used to have private tutoring with yeah. my classmates. So, um, so that was good. I mean, everything just felt easy. I mean, I was being taught fractions, like one over two plus three over four <laughs> at SS3. I was thinking, come on, I did this in like SS1 or like GS3. Mm. But anyways, it was fun. I was a science, science student, but as soon as I came to London, my older brother was here already. So first things first was just, I mean, I think my first night, as soon as I got to UK, we hit the clubs. <laughs> but anyways, I was just thinking like, look, we just got to start making money. Yeah. We're here to hustle. So it was, yes, go to college, but also get a job and start making money. Because, oh, so what jobs did you do then? Oh, okay. So my first job, very interestingly, was I was working at McDonald's. <laughs> and that was like, look, I, I loved it because what? Well, well, Oh, you can eat McDonald's, right? Like, um, and and I think, look, I did it very diligently. Like I do everything. Um, I live in North London, around uh, I think it was Wilsden Green. Uh, Dolly's Hill was where, not Dolly's Hill, Swiss Cottage was where the branch was. So a couple of stops on the tube, and uh, but you know what? Like, I starting at McDonald's, you're cleaning up after people clearing up, yeah. cleaning toilets and stuff like that. It was a rite or passage or whatever it is yeah. to, to hustle. And I didn't feel any way about doing it because for me, I was a 16 year old, I was already making money. Yeah. And to think of that evolution from where I was then to where I am now, I just feel like, look, for everything that I did, look, I spent about 18 months in McDonald's to the point where I became, you know, uh, manager, managing the kitchen. <laughs> you grew up the ranks. <laughs> I grew up the ranks, managing the, the kitchen by the time I left. So I felt, felt accomplished. And then I felt like I, then I left there and went to uh, Tesco, um, no, Sainsbury's, sorry, Sainsbury's, because we moved, we moved to Fulham. Yeah. So I got a job at, and I really felt like that was a huge promotion <laughs> uh, back then. I was still in college all this time. Yeah. So for, for me to have been in college, studying, while also earning a living at the same time, because this wasn't time anymore to start yeah. still trying to ask parents for money, to be yeah. converting Naira to send money to pounds, which brings me to what Kishi <laughs> is, and the challenge that yeah. parents still face today. But anyways, I just felt my, my, my brother was already working at Waitrose yeah. and he spent many years there, even while he was also studying. So it was just following his footsteps yeah. and hustling, grinding. Um, but you know what? I loved every 
that just that learning and development, right? Yeah. No matter what kind of job I find myself in, you know, it, while you're studying, it's not like you have a you lot, know, of, options. lot of yeah. options to go and be working at the biggest companies, no. So take a job at a takeout or whatever. I mean, so I was pretty content. At, at the end of each month, I had a good solid for a couple of hundreds of pounds in my account and um you can go to the club yeah exactly hit the clubs <laughs> buy drink take girls out for dates you know that kind of stuff so yeah it, it was it was cool it was a good time Very I, interesting. I okay so i mean after college um I, from your linkedin i see that you actually did like a full-blown corporate career before startup mm. like you spent almost 13 years if i'm correct in a venture capital firm 13 years mm. doing like accounts my like tell me about the experience of that corporate job yeah and then i walked like 14 years alone time oh yeah so first of yeah. all i want to know what you how you got in mm. why you stayed that long and at what point did you say yeah. you know what i've i'm done now and i want to go build a startup yeah um so yeah this was a really like main 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 i think very very critical part of my of my life and i'm sort of pleased that i'm having to have that conversation today because actually for most of today i've been pitching about my company and <laughs> uh, it's draining but like i will still touch on it but look so i left sainsbury's and in fact before i started our role at a company called prequin um so i spent nearly 14 years there yeah prior to that i was working at the head office of house of fraser um where i was working in lingerie like women's lingerie um very interesting very i don't even know how i don't even know how i ended up in that job <laughs> but it was fun i was like the only male in my department um i was account manager i was working in merchandise and i was account manager for like lots of the high-end women's lingerie brands and you know I go to all these shows and see models and yeah it was a good time I was like a, I was like a lingerie connoisseur then yeah. but anyways um it wasn't paying as well as much as it was attractive it wasn't paying that well and I just had this ambition to like want to earn more yeah um, so I took up well I was just looking for I said well I've got to be in the city if I wanted to earn significantly more yeah. and so I made a conscious decision to like just start applying to roles in the city and I felt like it needed to be a sales role um, I felt I was personable and all that kind of stuff I could build relationships I could sell I've been selling since I was in a kid since I was a kid in school so it was uh, yeah I was lucky enough to have joined what was a great startup at that time so this was 2007 a company called Prequin, which had only been in existence for about four years. Um, at that time? At that time. I'd gone through a long period of like looking for jobs that by the time I even got to this interview, I was so blase. Um, but you know, I was so relaxed mm. and that was actually what got me the job. You know, so I wasn't trying to form or whatever. And, um, but it turned out to be probably the most, a life-changing moment for me because awesome. um, it was a company that was though young, but very, unique in what it was offering so it was a a data company mm. we were uh, the we became the leading data provider in the alternative asset space so private equity mm -hmm. real estate hedge fund we were serving you know the biggest corporates that are active in the alternatives and we were displacing like huge companies like Thomson Reuters um, who had products that were in the space as well but we had a unique offering and I joined the sales team so it was myself and the CEO and founder um, who were the sales team and um, it was just such a great time I mean I was learning this is my first proper sales yeah. experience but 
you know, I was talking about the, the road I was doing before and how much I was earning really crap money. I think I was earning like 17 and a half thousand pounds roughly a year. Yeah. Um, so that was like peanuts <laughs> per month. But then in my first month, I was like on track for like 75K a what? month. Like a, a month. year, sorry. A year. <laughs> a year. Like, so, that was, so, so that was, geez, like in my first month, so I saw my paycheck and I was telling my boss that, Dude, I think I'm buying a Jag. So my first car was a Jag when I was 23. And London. Yes. So, and uh, yeah, so you can imagine 23 year old in London driving a Jag. Like, yes, I was having the time Tell of my life. life. Um, it was, I mean, we were, I, it was easy selling. Mm product was awesome we were in a white space so like huge amount of companies that we could work with and sell to product was just selling itself all I had to do was just show up mm-hmm. and I'll just be taking orders so yeah and I used to travel around we then opened offices in New York in lots of other regions so by the time I left officially early last year uh, 2021 I'd only spent 14 years there um, yes I joined early Part of the first 25 people but in the sales team were just two of us so we're the ones that were bringing in the money and so yeah i got given shares and options in the company so by the time i left made out pretty well you're good you're right um so it was such an interesting time what, because, what kept you in there for that long yes good question because again i had probably had lots of opportunities yes oh yeah you know i was I didn't need to go anywhere. A lot of my friends were working at investment banks, consulting firms and stuff like that. And these guys were overworked, mm-hmm. worked to the bone. I was working a lot too, but you know, sales is like, if you work 24 hours, you'll get, and our money was uncapped. Mm-hmm. So I was just enjoying selling and just taking money in. And right. I think I was probably making it easier than if I was in an investment bank or, and I was working with by, all these type of firms. Third year, uh, fifth year, you're making like how much a year? Uh, I was easily on at least a hundred grand a year um, by that time. Um, with bonuses and things even more but then again we were being awarded shares and options mm. which you know again later the company was growing year yeah. on year so all of those things was the added incentive not to leave because you could see how the company was growing and um so it was just like why like these shares are worth so much now and you know it would be worth so much more in the future and my pay was just increasingly up year on year and I was in a great position in the company I was a leader in the company I was helping build teams yeah I was helping build our brand globally so it was I mean it's a company that's really close to my heart even I mean I'm I consider them still family and you know a lot of I'm still in touch with a lot of the folks there so there was no need for me to leave I was only ever going to leave to go do my own thing mm. um, and that was the only thing that could have left me to you know to leave frequent absolutely enjoyed my time there learned so much so what, what would founder. you say is the top three lessons that you learned and what the biggest challenges that you also met in that 14 years let me start with challenges though not a challenge but something that I challenged myself with mm-hmm. and that was my uh, sort of I guess people developments where I was helping 
uh, coach and lead people. Mm. Um, you know, I joined the company not really having managed, I'd managed a bit in McDonald's, but it was the same, it was different, it's different from yeah. you know, leading a team of salespeople yeah. in the city. City is crazy in London, lots of things happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, leading people into talking with like top execs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, building the business while bringing people in and trying to, you know, just expand your team and sell more. So I would say it was a good challenge to have had. Um, but it was also one of the things that I learned um, the most at my time there because I was watching the CEO founder who I was very close to and seeing how he was leading us in um, in the best way, the absolute best yeah. best boss was one one could have wished for, and and that's what th those are the things that I'm sort of carrying today and trying to instill and just practice in my company. So um, yeah, absolutely loved le that learning experience, and it made me a lot more entrepreneurial and a lot more commercial. You know, thinking about just how you go into and assess an opportunity and how you explore an opportunity. Yeah. So in my last few years at Prequin, um, I wasn't selling directly to companies any longer. Um, because yeah, prior to that, I would go into Goldman Sachs or yeah. Credit Suisse or wherever, and I would sell our products. But in my last few years, I created a new business within the sales team, which was called Channel Sales. And that was working with um, third-party companies that would distribu redistribute our data. Right. So in my last few years, it was a different type of thinking because it's like you're going into strategic partnership. So it's a, it's not just you know going and try to yeah. take an order. It's assessing an opportunity, synergy between us. So I did some you know really like awesome multi-million dollar deals before in my last few years with the likes of you know S&P Global, Factset, you know, um, which made the news and stuff like that. And these were like great deals for us as a small company to have done. Um, really took us to the next level in terms of like revenue generating and so on so yeah i mean it was just such a a a a, a training ground for me yeah. in in business and entrepreneurship and uh, but you know what all of that time i was kind of doing kishi in an informal way okay because so tell i was us about doing that. that and what kishi yeah is. so so kishi um today is a digital banking platform. Um, our core focus is remittance. Okay. And what we're looking to do is to democratize FX for Africans globally. Um, uh, we found, yeah, thank you. We're practicing that a lot. <laughs> we're practicing that a lot, thanks to Techstars. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I just found myself in the middle of, for about 10 years now, or 11, helping people send money to and from Nigeria. Right. Um, you know, like I said, I had that experience myself, having moved here and having yeah. to deal with my mom trying to send money to us or, you know, get money back and forth. And um, so, yeah, it was a, a case of how can I make sending money um, easier? Yeah. You know, people send money informally, uh, which is what they did a lot till the last few years, which 
Prior to that, it was, okay, how can I get pounds in the UK? You'd look for someone that can, you know, an intermediary that can help you get pounds in, in the UK while you give them Naira in Nigeria. And it was just very informal. And, um, you know, so it would, it was something that I was in the middle of because I, I'd get asked by friends and family who would need this help in exchanging money. Yeah. And so I found myself like building a huge network of people that wanted to send money mm -hmm. back and forth between the US and Nigeria, Nigeria to the UK. And I was doing this through, again, relationships that I was just building. Mm. And um, I found it to be a nice sort of side hustle to do, things I would do over WhatsApp, yeah. or actually started on like Blackberry Messenger back then, yes. and you know, I'd do broadcasts and, and all kinds of things. So it was an easy thing for me to get into. And because of my relationships, was I could keep relationships really well. So I found myself making a lot of money from this. And I was thinking, well, you know, how can I like duplicate myself? How can I digitize myself so that mm, I don't have do to spend so much time? I can do yeah. that scale. I don't have to spend so much time, you know, talking to that person, talk to that person. Surely there must be a way I can build a platform that can just do this in a safe and secure environment so that two parties can come together, exchange money with each other, get the best rates, get the speed. Um, and so Kishi is, is a modern way in which people have been exchanging money for many, many decades, uh, where you know there's this informal way in which people send money. <clears throat> so today, what is considered to be formal is you going on to Western Union or TransferWise or World Remit and sending money to Nigeria, and uh, you get a preset rate, and uh, you know you see your fee. But till today. You know, I want to send money to Nigeria. No, I'm using well, I'm using Kishi today. But prior to that, <laughs> I would look for someone that can give me naira in Nigeria because my pound sterling is worth yeah. X more yeah. than whatever I would get on these other platforms. So the, the 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 aim was to see how can we provide a safe and secure environment in which people can do this and manage all of those. Uh, money laundering risks and um, risk of people getting access to dirty money or even having your accounts closed, which are all the things that were bad with this way in which informally money was yeah. transferred. And so Kishi is, has taken all of that away and we've, uh, you know, we work with banks. We're pretty much considered like a, a, a digital bank. Um, so in the UK, we are um, what is considered to be an electronic money institution mm -hmm. through our banking so partnership. So fully registered and licensed yes, in the UK. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and likewise in Nigeria as well, through our banking partners, <clears throat> we keep expanding those, expanding those partnerships um, and looking to do that in other African countries. So um, think of us as your Revolut for Africa. We're kind of merging Revolut with say wise mm. transfer wise in a way to so provide for like the personal banking and a wise yes. for travel and Ex exactly um, and and we're looking to offer you know a borderless you know democratized just FX solution for Africans because we know that we have so much issues with our FX in Africa, you know, you want to travel out of the country, it's hard for you to get FX. You want to yeah. send money out of the country, it's hard. Even to send money between Nigeria and Ghana is a hassle. Yeah. So this is what Kishi is looking to solve. Okay. We believe there's a huge power. Um, there's huge power in the diaspora and what they hold and what they're bringing. And so we're here to harness that, but in a modern way that really takes Africa and connects Africa better to the rest of the world financially. Okay, two questions. Um, there are a lot of web startups right now. Yeah. 
it's almost around the same page. Mm. So what is Kishi doing that differentiates you and makes you and will make you stand out in market? That's not just best yeah. rate because everybody says best rate. Absolutely. And the second lesson is in the I think one year plus that mm -hmm. you've done it, mm -hmm. what would you say have been like the biggest milestones and the lessons you've because I mean you have a, a great career selling and building yeah. a business from yeah. a team of two people to like yeah. ten. Um, but now I mean now you're building your startup and mm -hmm. it's and science Africa and it must be different. So what are mm -hmm. the challenges there? What are you doing with the competition? Mm -hmm. um, and then the biggest milestones in the last two years. Two questions. Yeah. Okay. So the challenges are actually, yeah, competition, like setting yourself apart. And um, but let's let's face it. Like, quite honestly, like for Africans, especially those in the diaspora, you work hard for your money. You want your money to go in the furthest way possible. Um, whatever type of job you're doing in the UK, whether you're a janitor or you're an investment banker, you know, if you want to send money home, whether to just friends or family or to support people or to um, invest, you want to get the best bang for your buck. Um, and that is what people are doing. They're looking for the best way they can provide, they can get the best bang for their buck. What I find, especially in the UK, those off, those um, options and all alternatives to Kishi that people have, they don't get the best rates. And so, yes, best rates is a big part of what sets us apart. Like people can get as much as 50% more better rates in terms of the better rates than what they can get on other traditional money transfer platforms. So mm -hmm. that's a big plus for us. Um, or if you're in Nigeria, you're trying to send money to the UK, well, you can get it done in the speediest possible way, yeah. most convenient way than you go to your bank, your bank will tell you they don't have FX. Yeah. They will actually tell you to go to the black market to go and um, buy dollars, yeah. come back to the bank, put it in your bank account. And if you don't have a if you don't have a dumb account, open a dumb account. We know how long yeah. that process is. Open an account. Well, We've just built this solution that is modern, is fast, easy for you to just sign up, set up an account, get onboarded immediately, and you know you can send money within minutes to the UK. So this is what really sets us apart. We brought in all the new technologies in place today: open banking in the UK, faster payments, uh, payment processing. That's modern. That that makes sending money cost-effective. So we built all these things, and it hasn't been easy building this over the last two years. Um, so yes, we're now a team of about uh, 18 across the UK and Nigeria, mm. uh, made up of a lot of engineers, product compliance, which is a huge part of what yeah. we do, um, marketing, uh, and uh, yeah, just looking to expand a lot more. Um, can't remember the other parts Milestones. of your question. Milestones, okay, great. Well, hopefully we'll be reaching one pretty soon, which is reaching our 50, thousandth user wow, um, so we're just under that right now uh, we've been growing phenomenally so really, really pleased with that it's great to have seen the the amount of impact that we can have on our customer base. Um, we get people sending us messages, either on social media or just messages saying, they try, they try out Kishi and they send a message to us saying how fantastic it is and how like, wow, this is now my new best friend. Yeah. Um, 
and it's real. It's not like, you know, yes. sometimes <laughs> companies like make up testimonials, but, but when we have like real ones and it's awesome to see that type of impact. Um, but we know that there's a lot more that people want to get. Like Africans are looking for ways that they can shop easily, more easily on Amazon or ASOS or, you know, and really get, you know, that value, that same value that people in the, in the West get. And so, we are getting there and we've got a suite of stuff as a matter of fact you know these other remittance companies are actually companies that we're seeing opportunities and ways that we can work with because right. so um you know we're creating the the most robust money market of currencies across africa and the diaspora and these are uh, this is an infrastructure that we're actually building that we can help connect like other money transfer companies and we're actually doing that already where money transfer companies or say Africa focused uh, services like for example there's a top US bank that's focused on the African diaspora mm -hmm. that's looking to integrate with us so that they can offer our services to so, their to yeah. their on their platform so it so creates a lot of collaboration and partnerships yes, absolutely so you know um, so though we do compete with all of these money transfer companies we also see a way that we can work with them as a matter of fact one of the top i'm not going to say them now until we launch it but i'll say they're top three in terms of money transfer companies in the world um we would be like the first i'll say africa focused platform to be working with them um yeah when we do release that it's going to be really really big and so really really excited to be working with them um but yeah so we see synergies as opposed to competition okay, as such. that's a that's a good way yeah, to answer the question yeah. my final question if you can do this in one minute um okay. you got into textiles and what yeah. what has been the impact text being in being a textiles company has made in the growth of kishi absolutely so Textus being one of the top global accelerators in the world, so really pleased to have gotten in there. Uh, went through the standard process of applying, but also got some of our mentors make some good introductions. But um, you know, look. Um, there were lots of things that I didn't know about running a business that I didn't know were so important to have in place. Um, Techstars taught us a lot of those things through our mentors or just through the programs that were set up for us. Mm. Um, so my biggest takeaways were that um, and Techstars is phenomenal for their network and the contacts that they have. So, you know, they're the most, um, I think, network accelerator in the world, where there's textiles almost in every part of the world, but apart from Africa, but I think that is changing soon. Um, and so literally anyone that you want to get connected to, any potential partner that you want to get connected to, whether that's in the US or Asia, Textiles can connect, yeah. connect you. So I'll just give you an example, a banking partner that we've been trying to connect with for a year um, in the US, the US would be by far the biggest market for us um, once we open up out there. Um, this wasn't, I mean, we'd reach out to them and they'd be like, no, no one would even respond to us. Yeah. But we got Textiles to just say, hey, look, we want to connect it. And within like two Two weeks I got a meeting set up with this yeah. company and I was on a call and now we're progressing so yeah I mean those have been by far the biggest things um, and of course the uh, exposure that it gives you to potential investors yeah. so we're raising and yeah so you know we get all these incoming requests and companies that you know we 
really want to see learn more about what we're doing and phenomenal stuff that we're doing so yeah it was a you know a great great opportunity um to uh to have been part of it it's yeah, amazing sure. i mean I, I think we're in here now but it's been very interesting learning about your journey just thank you learning about you growing up thank and you. that you like clubs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but also i was i was very curious about your career um, your 14-year career and just yeah. like learning how that started and how yeah. you stayed there i think that's yeah. pretty impressive i would i would definitely highly recommend you know people to you know to spend time learn you know build their professional selves um but of course you know when it's the right time to explore an opportunity you know um take that risk um gamble yeah it might seem like a gamble but you will regret it if you don't mm. and so but so far i'm having a great time um and uh you know doing something that's really impactful so yeah really you know pleased with the career i had yeah. and you know even more excited about what the future is as a as a founder now so yeah, yeah um yeah it's a good place to the, be thank the, you the four, i think there are like four key things i'm taking out of this interview mm. one is when you said that you got into sales because you think you were personable i think mm. it's so important to just know yourself and know what you're oh, yeah. worth in choosing like yeah. the kind of places you want to work for and the career you want to be with and also just like giving yourself to like learning and professional development like you said there's yeah. nothing that can compete with just doing the work selling and people I get that definitely from my parents. My mom was head of sales at British Airways in Nigeria for like 30, <laughs> 35 years. Um, my dad is like a chief imam of mosque and has a huge following. He knows people, he knows how to talk, he knows how yeah. to build relationships. So yeah, I definitely take a bunch it's of those things from, yeah. from them. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's very nice. And the last thing I was going to say was just about collaboration. Because yeah. when you answered the question about competition, I think it was a very smart way to just say yes again. Because we're playing a ball, we are going to find a yeah. way to like co collaborate and just have strategic yeah. partnerships and then just. It's a huge space. There are lots of folks that we can work with. I mean, the biggest, even the biggest unicorns out of Africa, like, you know we will work with them um so i mean the space is big enough for a lot of folks but i'm looking to take as much share as i can take <laughs> for sure but uh yeah i mean again i know all of them quite well and yeah. i think they know of us now where we're you know they're feeling, us. Well. <laughs> they're Amazing. feeling us thank you so much Aya, for having this conversation you're welcome with you. i'm glad we were able yeah. to finally do this you yeah. know you've been ignoring us for a while but <laughs> hey well you know no. they are doing no small small uh but yeah it's, thank you very much so we're pleased to be here it's my um, absolute pleasure thank you so much and Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast to the end. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have been inspired or motivated to get better in your careers, in your businesses, in your life. I hope this, you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you subscribe to the videos on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect and you find the playlist and then subscribe to the channel. Also, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a rating also so more people can find it and also talk about the episode that you listen to. Hashtag Founders Connect across social media. Hey, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.